and welcome. My name is Rashim Mogha and I'm your host for this Empowered Women of the World podcast. This podcast is for you. It is for me and it is for all women who want to take charge of their career and happiness. In this weekly podcast we will talk about technology. We will talk about leadership and we'll talk about mindfulness. We'll talk about how you can discover, visualize and actualize your success. whatever that means to you we will also talk about conscious and unconscious bias which we deal with on daily basis and we'll share ways to navigate work politics at the end of this podcast i will share with you a tip or a resource that you can use to be successful it's going to be a fun ride so hop on and join me on this journey every week Before we start today's podcast I want to remind you about our Eva virtual incubator program. If you have a startup idea that you want to take to the pitch deck stage, this program is for you. Applications are due on September 30th and I'll put the link in the show notes below. And today I'm so excited to welcome Erin Haywood on the show today. Erin is the CEO of Powered by Purpose. and has helped hundreds of professionals with discovering their purpose and living fulfilling lives. Erin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me and I'm so excited to be on the show today. Awesome. So Erin, you started your career um as a guidance counselor, right? So was this um you know, was starting powered by purpose a natural progression to your career? I wouldn't necessarily say that uh you asked a younger me if I would be an entrepreneur and you know the founder of a career coaching business but looking back on kind of my values and the career path that organically occurred it definitely makes sense so for me social justice education and community development are core pillars of uh not only my personal values but our um core pillars of my career um in outside of work i'm a natural connector and creative i am that person that tends to make friends anywhere um at any time so whether i'm at a local restaurant or bringing groups of people together at an event i just love being able to connect people to resources to other individuals um and i get a lot of joy from doing that and especially i love to see folks thrive and live meaningful lives um the beginning part of my career was focused on community organizing and working for a couple educational nonprofits such as the boys and girls club in san francisco and then city art which is an americor program in los angeles and so a lot of that um work was really focused on community organizing and really closing um the academic gap and really reimagining what the educational space could look like um It wasn't until I was working in schools and uh partnering with teachers and having a lot of direct interaction with students that I became aware uh even more deeply of social emotional support. And so that kind of led me to a path of getting into counseling and that's what I got my masters in and in the counseling space it allows for me through a psychological lens to understand folks's patterns, our influences, culture, um and how it really impacts our identity and like personal development. 
Um, and so from, you know, my training as a counselor and also my spiritual beliefs, I really do believe that um, there are structures in place that allow for certain cycles to occur, whether that's generational poverty, trauma, um, and we are seeing that happen with the recent social uprisings around folks wanting to kind of stop these generational cycles from occurring. And when I got into career coaching, which kind of happened uh, organically where I saw an unpaid internship with a really large, rigorous um, institution in California, that I really saw the cycles that are involved in structure barriers that are involved in workforce development. Um, and so for me, coming from working class parents and being a first gen student, um, I really saw how my upbringing, the career paths that my parents and family members chose, and just also exposure and access to certain privileges really impacts each individual's trajectory. So my dad's a writer, um, which can be a challenging career path. And then my mom eventually got into radio sales and just seeing how their lives were different by the career paths that they chose made me do a lot of reflections post-college and really getting into my mid-career around how do I want to really envision my career, but also how finances plays a huge um, part in how we make those career decisions. And so the way Powered by Purpose came about was I was really tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I was struggling. I loved the work that I was doing, but I was exhausted and I had student loans at that point in time. And so um, I really wanted to explore other streams of income and really think about ways that I'm setting myself up in future generations in my family to be smart about our money and how to um, have assets and how to um, really make sure that we're practicing healthy financial decisions and behaviors so that way those cycles of financial um, literacy um, are occurring. And so that's kind of how my business came about. It really started off as a side hustle as I was still continuing to work in the education space. But entrepreneurship is um, definitely something that I feel like I was born for. I love the autonomy. I love the creativity and the grittiness of it. And um, I'm loving seeing how my business is growing and the impact that it's making with the clients that I serve, which mostly are professionals of color, students of color, and folks that really are pushed out in the margins or underrepresented. Beautiful. And and you and I have had conversations and we you know we are both very passionate about equal opportunities and and we realize that experiences that uh, each one of us have are different based on so many factors right um you get an opportunity to work with a lot of minority clients uh women of color men of color what are what are some of the common issues that you see them facing in the workplace well it was interesting when i thought about that question because you know there's research that shows that our community the the world that we live in we are no longer considered quote unquote minorities, right? Um, and so how do we make sure that the workforce, the schools, the organizations that we're a part of truly reflect um, our communities? And so that's one of the major issues with the workforce development disparities and equity issues is that the representation in the workforce 
makes us come off seem like we are the quote unquote minority, but yet we're not that when it's reflected in the statistics of the, uh, the makeup of the United States. So I think a lot of things that are kind of happening right now for professionals of color and folks that are in these really um, dynamic intersections, right, of folks that might be queer, folks that are, you know, of one ethnicity and gender, uh, maybe are dealing with different abilities, etc. Um, I think it's really important for one that we create really safe and supportive workspaces. And I think that's what the Black Lives Matter and anti-racist movement that's occurring right now across the globe is really exposing and trying to hold organizations and institutions accountable for is that um, there's been uh, unaddressed issues that allow for us to feel not safe or supported in the workplace. And I think the main measurement that a lot of organizations use is retention, right? So folks leaving um, organizations um, under a year, not being promoted um, within the organization, um, having uh, actual um, unsafe or harassed-based environments um, are also indicators that the workplace is not safe or engaging folks at the level of their counterparts. So I think that's really important is really looking at the policies and procedures and structures to make sure that the workplace is equitable and safe and supportive for professionals of color. I think the other piece too is um, representation and mentorship is really important. And I think that's a, a byproduct of these systems that have kept us out of positions or roles. But I think when we are in the environment, right, that it's important for us to support one another, to have access to mentorship, and to really make sure that that representation is uh, is clear on all levels of the org chart, from entry-level roles to leadership to board members, etc. And so, you know, with clients that I work with that are, you know, uh, students that are about to graduate out of college and um, a lot of professionals that are in mid-career, you know, it's, it's important for them to feel uh, that they see somebody who has similar background and experiences as them in their role and roles behind them and above them, right? Um, so that's something that I think um, organizations are trying to create uh, a creative method around how do we provide mentorship and support and make sure that there's representation throughout the whole org chart. I think the other part, um, which really has been coming out for everybody in the workplace is that we can't always compartmentalize, right? If we're going through things outside of work, it's hard to not shut that off and allow it for it to influence or show up in the workspace. So with mental health services and just access to support groups, it's extremely, extremely um, supportive. I just read an article that talked about a statistic that on a global measure, Combining exposure to stressors in five domains, which is occupation, finances, relationships, racial bias, and violence, Blacks, Latinx, and Asians reported higher levels of stress than their white counterparts. So understanding that stressors are higher for folks that are underrepresented or marginalized, how do we make sure that there's support services available to make sure that they are getting the support that they need to be engaged, to um, show up fully in their lives, which also includes their occupation and their work. Um, so those are some like main things that a lot of times come up in the sessions and the programming um, 
that I do with my clients. Um, you know, you mentioned quite a few things, but one of the things that stuck with me was also representation at different leadership levels within a company, right? Um, when Black Lives Movement started uh, this year, you know, I, I won't say started, when it uh, when it was again brought into front, forefront, I would say this year, a lot of conversations started happening and a lot of companies started coming out and saying, you know, we support this movement and everything else. But then if you dive deeper into a few layers, you realize that uh, these companies haven't done a good enough job in bringing that representation at each level, right? And uh, and people of color um, are still marginalized. And at some point when I have been talking to uh, the women leaders that I mentor, to them it seems more like a lip service um, from these companies rather than an actionable step. What's your take on that? Yeah, um, I've definitely been having a lot of conversations with family members, friends, and the folks that I work with within my uh, business powered by purpose. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a higher level of accountability. Folks are tired, folks are exhausted. We, um, you know, yes, we can go to the streets and protest. Yes, we can put, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging teams together. Yes, you can put out a public statement saying that you are committed to the work, but, uh, I, as people, young people say, we need to see the receipts, right? We need to see the tangible steps, policies, and changes that the organization is making to ensure that uh, there's no structures in place that are contributing to racist, um, oppressive, um, you know, outcomes. And so I, I think one of the things that I think about from my experience recruiting and you know having relationships with recruiters is really understanding one, how do we look at the hiring process and how do we need to reimagine and change that process to make sure that there's no barriers involved, right? So, you know, there's been times that I've heard of organizations using SAT scores for their internship process. I've heard of organizations that historically would only use internal referrals as their main way of recruiting young people into the company. I've also heard of structures in place of only going to a list of schools that they would go and recruit from, which would eliminate other students who went to other universities or community colleges or vocational programs from not being um, having that same access to those opportunities. So I think really thinking about the, the protocols and structures and making sure that we're removing them to really open it up and make sure that folks have access and an equitable chance to be able to enter into the company. I think the other piece too is, you know, there's a lot of conversations around promotion and coaching and development and there being equity in that. And so a lot of um, the work that I'm doing with clients and I'm just starting a new research project called the Black Experience in the Workplace, a lot of the participants in the focus groups talked about how they felt like they were passed up for opportunities, that other colleagues were seen as experts and that their um, background experiences and even personal um, uh, culture and background were not factored into them being brought into projects or being seen as an expert in the workplace. So there's a issue within the funnel where if that's occurring, 
and folks are not being able to be promoted up, that's definitely going to be a representation of the higher leadership. Um, and that's something that definitely needs to occur. So I think there's a, a lot of different things that are happening that have to be addressed, but um, I think resources, money needs to be uh, one of the things that folks do, but instead of putting it towards, I'm writing a check to a nonprofit or an organization, putting that towards the initiatives and the folks that are doing this work on the ground and making sure people are being paid for it. Um, which is a lot of times, uh, once again, put on the shoulders and the backs of folks of color or marginalized professionals to do the work. And a lot of times we're not compensated for it or given the title for it. So yeah, this is something that I could talk about all day, but it's, I agree with you. It's lip service until we see the work that's being done. And, and you know, the reality of it is that we realize that things are not going to change overnight, but there has to be a step forward. There has to be that positive intent and there has to be a conscious decision to, to bring in a change. Um, and that change needs to start within the organizations rather than just putting it on the shoulders of the society. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, I think what we're seeing right now is through the use of social media and technology and media sources that are really still pushing this narrative. How do we make sure that this moment doesn't pass by and that folks can just check off boxes and say that they were part of this movement? And then once the feed, you know, people stop posting and articles on different news outlets stop reporting on this um, topic, that we lose momentum. And so I think there needs to be uh, metrics and um, there needs to be statements with action steps. And then we need to revisit those action steps and see if there's um, any results or movement on it. And I think as well, you know, how do we continue to hold companies accountable? And I think folks will have different opinions on this, whether or not we take um, our power, meaning where we choose to work and make sure that we are um, holding companies accountable, saying if you don't do these changes, we will no longer work for your organizations. Whether that's our consumer power, if we're going to back organizations with our money um, until we see these changes made. Um, and so we're seeing um, people will have different opinions on it, but at the end of the day, I think what really needs to happen is there needs to be a action strategy plan that's put out and is transparent to the community and the constituents and then there needs to be a revisiting and then a holding of accountability and we as a community need to come together and say if we don't see the changes that we want what's going to be our next step to make sure that they really feel that we are serious about this topic and issue yeah and and even though you know uh, I, I work with a group of women leaders as well, coaching and mentoring them for their for their next level and to be able to able to find uh, you know success and identify what success means to them and being able to achieve that. I realize that given given what is going on right now in the in, in you know there there are a lot of women leaders at least who are demotivated who do not. Um, who require constant inspiration in terms of 
yes you can do it yes this this shall pass yes you are you are uh, capable of being a leader and yes you have it in you how are you motivating and inspiring your clients yeah um that is definitely part of the work right and i think self i always teach self care practices and looking at this from a, a holistic lens around you know we cannot do the work if we're not taking care of our bodies our mind and our spirit and so that is definitely something that i always bring into my practice is really understanding how the person overall is doing and providing resources for that right so if you're struggling with your morale and your mood what are those root causes that are um contributing to that what are things that we can shift and put into place to help with that mood and morale i think the you know a lot of times we feel uh siloed or isolated or that we're the only ones dealing with certain um circumstances and i think there's a lot of power in community and testimony and storytelling and so for folks that i can tell that feel like they might be the only ones going through it um i always you know where i can disclose and share where i feel like i have something in common with that individual or i feel like i can connect them to a community where they can feel that their experience is shared i think there's a lot of power in that i think the other part as well is with motivation and support i think it's really uplifting to see people do the work and for our allies to come forth and say i got you i support you and i'm in this fight for the long run and i think for you know especially um women of color to have our you know white counterparts really come forward and and have our backs it's so uplifting and supportive and i think um it's really important to to highlight that 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 allyship and that support to do the work means a lot because we need all hands on deck but when it comes to understanding privilege when it comes to understanding racism or even the inequity within uh us as women right where you know there might be some privileges occurring with even folks within our group how can we have honest and transparent conversations about it i've been really lucky to have mentors um of all different shades and backgrounds who had that consciousness and awareness and i felt so empowered and heard and saw um and seen i mean in the workplace and i think that's something that's powerful as women like how can we uplift and support one another and really rise to the occasion to make sure we all have a seat at the table and if they if we are continually locked out of that meeting room let's come together and make our own table and bring as many chairs for all of us to come so i think that's something that's really powerful and moving um and i think the other part you know part of my practice and value i'm very empowered by those who have come before us. And so I refer to it as my ancestors, right? And so for elders, trailblazers that have opened it up for us as women to be able to have the positions that we have for people in our own families and communities that have sacrificed and that have really put in the work to open up doors to um really change policies and practices so we can be in the places that we are. there's power in that and i think sometimes when we lack that knowledge of our history 
um, we can lose touch around the power and identity that we have within those stories and within our own history. So sometimes I love sharing, I'm a history buff, I love learning about people's testimonies and how they've overcome and trade, you know, trail made um, paths and, and, and opened up pathways for people that maybe necessarily didn't have it. So those are just some things that I do that, um, uh, that helps me stay uplifted and I share with those that I'm um, working with. We could go on and on on this one, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> but uh, great insights, Erin. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to collaborating with you more um, and just learning from you. It's uh, it's just so helpful to bounce off ideas, to figure out new ways to inspire and motivate um, the women leaders and people of color and uh, and basically giving people a purpose uh, you know to move forward with and identify what success means to them and and then go and reach out for that success thank you um and this has been uh, a fruitful conversation and i'm always open to continue the dialogue in um you know, I hope that we can stay connected. And I think it's so amazing what you're doing for women leaders across the globe and how you're bringing um, people together to motivate them and to provide them with resources and insights. So thank you for having me today. Thank you. And for you, our listeners, today's resource for you is the link to the EVAO virtual incubator program that will empower you with the confidence that you need to pitch your startup ideas. The link is in the show notes below. Thank you for joining me today and thank you for loving, liking, supporting and sharing the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. I love your feedback, emails and messages, so please keep them coming. I look forward to seeing you again in our next podcast. Till then, keep empowering the world.